Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. My guest today is Vish Chatterjee. Vish has his MBA in marketing and international business from the University of Michigan and his bachelor's in mechanical engineering from Northwestern University. Vish is the owner of Head and Hearts Insight, where he provides holistic coaching for executives and small business owners on how to create personalized daily routines in nutrition, exercise, scheduling, and sleep to nurture fulfilling work, joy, and life harmony. Vish is also the author of The Business Casual Yogi, Take Charge of Your Body, Mind, and Career, that teaches us how to create micro-rituals for optimal health and leadership success. Today, we're speaking with Vish about his holistic coaching practice and how it is transforming people's lives and their careers. Vish, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show, Graham. I'm really excited to talk to you. And I that was well. such an incredible intro. Thank you. I could have done it better myself. Well, that kind of stood up and walked on its own across the table here. So this is uh, this is you. It's great to have you here. You know, I had a chance to learn more about you. And looking at your resume, you've had quite a career in business, including leadership and operational experiences, creating patents, having multiple certifications, and having roles on various boards. But here you've shifted into the coaching realm. Tell me a little bit about that shift. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting because I I grew up in an Indian family. So my my mom and dad were from India, and I grew up in Hong Kong, which is a very you know businessy, success oriented environment, very materialistic, you could say. Hmm. And so my goals as a as a child were always you know I want to be the big leader, or CEO of something big, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's this internal drive to to achieve. And so I went and got the engineering education at a top school, worked as an engineer then got the MBA degree and then started going into the executive ranks and really trying to rise up in the corporate world as a leader and as a boss, right? And I finally decided that, you know, the path for me was outside of a corporate world and really maybe doing a startup because a startup is what makes you big, right? This is the the whole California tech dream. So I went and did a startup and, and built a company, raised some early funding. And through that process, you know, really... You know, there's a fire that comes in, in a startup. You Sometimes you get burned by the fire, you get consumed by the mm-hmm. fire, or you get built up by the fire. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I was asked by my board to actually let go of the CEO of the company and take over the company. So mm-hmm. it was this sort of really difficult decision I had to make where I took a dear friend of mine and the brains of the technology and basically kicked him out of the company, which mm-hmm. was what I thought was necessary to have success. But it didn't feel right deep down inside. Something felt wrong about it. And it's almost like I had an epiphany at that point, realizing that this is not what I'm internally wired to do. So all that external conditioning of my childhood, my parents, my upbringing, my sort of drive to succeed sort of broke down in a way. And I realized, like, wait, there's something else going on. And, you know, for my 20 years of career in the corporate world, I always had a morning yoga and meditation practice. But I restricted that practice as a way to deal with stress and to have more calm in my workday. So I used yoga and meditation as a way to just be more successful in the business world. It was a little bit spiritual, obviously, but it wasn't, that wasn't the primary focus. So in a way, I'd pushed down my soul's desires for the sake of a material existence and material success. And I hit those material success metrics. I hit all those metrics, but my soul wasn't satisfied. So when I came out of this fire of the startup, spontaneously, it's funny how this works. When you align to your inner calling, 
things just get served up to you. Like the struggle that I did in the corporate world, all of a sudden I get served up naturally on the coaching side. And so I had somebody mm-hmm. reach out to me not long after this you know, disaster in the startup saying, hey, you know, I just got promoted to vice president of product at this company. And I was wondering if you'd consider coaching me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what coaching meant, but I'm an entrepreneur. So I said, yes, of course yes, I'll I coach will. you. <laughs> so I took on my first coaching client and came up with, you know, a way to coach. And then when the startup started getting difficult and my board came to me and said, you know, we're not, we, we, we got to replace the CEO here. I said, what's the deal? He's a smart guy. He does good work. And the word they used was, Vish, he's not coachable. Mm-hmm. So I keep hearing this word coaching, coachable. I'm like, what does coaching have to do with a successful company? Mm-hmm. And so as I started leaving the startup route and going deeper into this budding coaching practice of me, uh, of mine, this go- budding coaching practice of mine, I started to understand that coaching is a way to help people connect to the potential that's within. Yeah, and, I really like that. Yeah, and with all of my experience, I could be the facilitator of that potential unlocking. Yeah, And so I went and actually got coach training at that point. You know, we all have heard about executive coachings more and more in this age. And, and But you describe yourself as an executive turned coach with a spiritual twist. And I like that. I was reading one of your uh, clients' feedback and they described you as a, a true shaman disguised in business clothes. And I, I think that's wonderful. You're, you're bringing something unique to coaching folks. And there's this blend in, in this holistic coaching. In fact, you know, we think about a coach versus a consultant and consultants usually diagnose a problem and then they tell people what to do. But as a coach, what I'm hearing, and I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about this, you're taking a very different approach. You're relationally setting up and facilitating a very personalized process of exploration discovery for folks, helping it, which you just mentioned right there, helping the person work to uncover the power of their own innate wisdom and their own intuition and realizing their own unique pathway to their own professional and and personal success that is right there. Tell us a bit more about this pathway and this journey you go on with folks. Yeah. So when I first started to get serious about my coaching practice, I went and I, I took a lot of training and tried to figure out in that training, who am I and what is it that I offer? And I clearly knew that I had the yoga background. I had the heritage of being born in an Indian family. I had the connection to, you know, learning and training in Ayurvedic medicine. And of Mm -hmm. course, the MBA and executive management and being in executive roles. And so I thought, you know, this is really interesting because I could be that East meets West coach where I could take, you know, yoga, meditation, Ayurveda as a way to help executives cope with the stress of their job Mm -hmm. and then coach them from a Western perspective on leadership and management. Yeah. But what I realized was, as I started to understand the paradigm of coaching, I noticed a parallel between the yoga wisdom and coaching wisdom. Mm. And the parallel was in, in the yoga world, we believe that the being, your being is sort of comprised of these three layers. You have your physical body or muscles and joints and bones. You have your emotional or mental body, which is your mind and intellect and you know all of the decision-making and, and emotions. But then you have a deeper part of you that is your soul or your deeper consciousness. And from a coaching perspective, when you show up to work, you're not just a group of bones and muscles and joints with this big emotional brain on top of it. There's something else going on. There's a deeper part of your consciousness that also shows up at work. But for a lot of people, it doesn't really show up. They're just a mind and a body doing the work. And what the coach recognizes is there's a deeper wisdom innate 
at the consciousness soul level. And the coach's role is to facilitate that inner wisdom to start to integrate and come out. Mm. And the coachee then knows what the right answer is. So a lot of times the coachee will say, hey, Vish, you've been in the situation. What would you do? And I'll say, I'm not in the situation now. You're in the situation. Right. You tell me the situation. Let me ask you questions to help you get your own insight. So the coach becomes a facilitator of the innate wisdom of the coachee. The same thing in yoga. There's this idea of a guru. The guru is the teacher, the all-knowing teacher. And you'll see in India, the guru sitting up on a platform telling everyone what to do. That's not how it originally was. The guru is known as the dispeller of darkness, the one who shows you the light, but it's your light. So a guru's role is to be a servant to your inner guru and your inner wisdom. So the moment a guru usurps his role from servant to master, then you have a problem. So that's where I notice a parallel is the coachee, the coach serves as a servant to the coachee's innate wisdom and intelligence. To help facilitate that process you're talking about, you've got to enter this with a trust in the process and that people have, again, this innate ability, their own wisdom and their own intuition that they haven't tapped into yet. Maybe they're working with their head and their, you know, their, their, their head and some of their emotion, but they haven't tapped into that third dimensional piece, the spiritual soul side. And you're, you're almost kind of referring to this idea of a, that there's a spiritual quotient there, the soul level resource that we can tap into that most don't know how to do. We kind of stay above the neck, if you will, maybe a little bit of heart, but not much part of the soul a lot of times. And it sounds like you're trusting that that resource is there, but they don't even maybe know that it's there, that they can tap into it. And there's something very clarifying and maybe even trust building in themselves that, hey, wait a minute, maybe some of the answers are there within me, but I've never known how to kind of mine down into those and and extract that. And that's what you're doing in this facilitated process, isn't it? Yeah, as you can imagine, I mean, the word process becomes very important for me because I'm trained as an engineer, right? So as an engineer-based undergraduate training, and then as a business executive, it's all about process and trusting the process. But then when the process doesn't work, wondering, is there a better process and being stuck in your head and processes. Right. And in order to transcend a process, in order to get deeper into the soul level wisdom and trusting the soul level wisdom has the answers, as a coach, I have to do my own work. So, until I connect deeper to my soul and until I have those experiences and learn to trust the soul wisdom myself and transcend my own processes, I I, I don't reach where I need to go with my clients. So, one of the things is when I when I studied yoga and the the co-author of my book, Yoga Rishi Vishwaketu, is a Himalayan master yogi. He always says, if you're going to teach yoga, you have to do your own yoga practice. Don't use the yoga class as your yoga practice. So in the same way, you know, I will never coach a client without having done my practices of that day. So my morning rituals become critical element of my work. I do a very serious morning ritual that connects to my soul at a deep level in order for the soul to be present for that period of the day. So you do an hour of, let's say, an hour of morning sadhana, we call it, which is soul connection practices that gives you about 23 hours of of validity to then do your work. And then it wears off and the next morning you do it again. So there's this daily replenishment and daily connection to the soul. So you live in the soul on a constant basis. I would imagine that really facilitates that a a really clear and very open-hearted visioning process, both 
with those that you're working with and allowing you to facilitate that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you're incorporating. I want to talk about the different types of coaching that you do, executive and small business, in just a moment. But what are you walking through with people on this path that helps with this connection with this deeper part of themselves that allows then some of the answers to just naturally and organically come to the surface and further understanding that they then get a chance to have a greater awareness around and a greater trust in? What are you doing with folks? Yeah, so, so I've realized there, there isn't necessarily a, a one-size-fits-all approach ever, right? Every human being is unique. Every human being is on their own unique journey. And every human being has their own sort of unique karmic path, right? So my role is sometimes to identify what is that path for them and, and help them identify for themselves what that path is. So I use a variety of tools depending on the situation. So obviously, mm-hmm. the, the simple tools of coaching are really listening and holding space. Mm-hmm. and asking open-ended questions, being curious, suspending judgment, and just seeing what comes out. And then based on what they're saying, pointing out like, okay, this is what I observed without any blame, without any judgment. This is what I observed you saying. This is what I saw. Right. Then I can layer in a meditation training because I find that when my clients meditate, they automatically get a lot more clear about their path, about their journey, about what's serving and what isn't. You know, somebody wants to lose weight, and they go on this whole diet plan. And then I say, wait, let's teach you meditation. They start meditating and internally they already know what they should favor and what they shouldn't. And the weight comes off, right? It becomes an internal mechanism rather than an external forcing. I use Ayurveda, which is the mind-body medicine system of ancient India, which recognizes that we're all very unique in our mind-body constitutions. So just like a Myers-Briggs mind MBTI type assessment, mm-hmm. there's an Ayurvedic assessment that identifies your certain type. And based on that type, you can take specific actions in terms of your diet, in terms of your lifestyle, in terms of your schedule, in terms of your exercise, in terms of the work you do in order to balance those things. Mm -hmm. So in a way, when you use the word holistic coaching, what this is, is saying, okay, if you're in this type of job, this is the right diet and wake up time and sleep time for that particular type of job. So it it gets beyond just saying, okay, you have this MBTI type and therefore do more of this behavior. This is looking at behaviorally and lifestyle-wise. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Nearly 9 in 10 registered voters believe the nation faces a mental health crisis, according to a new USA Today Suffolk University poll. Americans are more concerned than ever about their mental health. Mental health first aid provides the resources and training to identify, understand, and respond to signs of mental health and substance use challenges. It provides the confidence and skills needed to offer life-saving assistance, and it provides peace of mind. Our experts provide mental health first aid training for adults, teens, caregivers, veterans, law enforcement, EMS, and school faculty. Mental health concerns are on the rise, but evidence-based training through mental health first aid can make a difference. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org to find a course near you, or email hello at mentalhealthfirstaid.org to schedule a training. Courses are available for individuals, groups, organizations, and companies of all sizes. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org and make a difference in your community. So this personal awareness that gets to grow and this personal understanding of oneself, this is really the cornerstone of everything that you do. And this is a unique path that becomes clearer and clearer as you're working with somebody and gives them a sense of this is something that's very personal to me. 
this is my personal path. And this, this is the, this is the pathway through this journey that becomes, you kind of help GPS them, you know, through these things. And it's very personal. So you're talking about these, the Ayurvedic medicine coming into play, the nutrition, recharging, the meditation practices. What are you helping folks understand about kind of their life purpose? Everything has to have meaning and have to have a purpose. How do you kind of accentuate that aspect of your coaching with them, the purpose and the meaning? Yeah, purpose very interesting. I, I wrote about this extensively in my book when when I was working with ex-military combat veterans. And I, I found it striking that in combat, in the field overseas, a tough day for a soldier is a really a tough day for, from a civilian point of view. I mean, they've seen mm-hmm. death and destruction at an epic scale. And yet they'll say, you know, my day was okay. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and they're still able to go the next day and perform in their, in their duties and their work. So what is going on there? And I realized that in the military, they have a very clear sense of mission. Very, very clear. And they know, did I move closer to that hill or further away from that hill? And what do I have to do tomorrow to get closer to the hill? Right. Whereas when they leave the military and they come in the civilian world, all of a sudden the mission isn't clear anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they start to really flounder. And a lot of times just doing a little bit of personal mission work with a soldier, I find that when they come back, and they enter the civilian world, once they have a clear sense of mission, they're unstoppable and they make miracles happen in their lives. So mission becomes very important. I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't know about life purpose. Why do we have to have life purpose? Well, you have to know which direction you're going because once you set your sights on the horizon and you say, okay, this is the direction I'm going, you know there's going to be a stormy wave that comes and pushes you off course. And when you're off course, you're like, wait a minute, I'm off course, I need to course correct. But if you don't know you're heading, that wave just keeps blowing you off course and you just keep spinning around in all sorts of different directions. So I feel like sometimes the first thing I do is help people come up with a personal mission statement. And there are ways to do that. There's all sorts of techniques and ways to, to have that conversation. But I also use another tool, which is the Vedic astrology system. And, you know, I'm trained as an engineer. I'm a Western thinking person. I'm, you know, an MBA when I heard the word astrology, I was like, what is this woo-woo, wacko, hocus-pocus stuff? It doesn't make any sense to me. But I realized that the Vedic system of astrology actually is very accurate and very scientific-based. And the fundamental thing, without getting into too much detail, is that they actually use accurate astronomical positions of planets in the sky. And the Western system has deviated from actual astronomical reality. So we're kind of correct to a reality-based system. And what I'm able to do is by understanding almost like the karmic blueprint of a person mm-hmm. based on the position of the planets in the heavens at the moment they were born, I can help them hone in on what is alignment and what is out of alignment and very quickly zoom in on things. I don't know how many times I've had a client say, wow, I've been in therapy for three years and I never brought that up with my therapist. How do you know this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, I just looked at the, the, you know, the probabilities of this happening in your life. And so whether somebody you know, believes in the system or not, doesn't matter. I'm asking a great question. I'm asking a very relevant question that opens up an awareness and an understanding that then helps a person, again, connect to their soul and connect to alignment and find the right spot on the horizon to navigate towards. Right. I love this idea that you're kind of working from the inside out and not say, hey, what's the problem? Let's go fix it out there. What you're saying is getting aligned with your design. And that alignment with who you inherently are, I oftentimes use the, the phrase, you know, what are your, your natural gifts and talents and skills and abilities that you've been given to steward? And if we can discover those, that becomes your life purpose and your mission, like you're describing. 
But oftentimes we don't stop and explore that. I think that's one of parents' greatest contributions to their children's lives, to help them discover who they are and what they're born with and what they have an opportunity to, to give. And from that comes others being benefited, us being fulfilled, and a, a greater connection to the larger sense of who we all are. And so you're, you're, you're having people tap into this inherent blueprint that is there that they may not even know that they've got. And in doing so, things begin to open up about who they are. And then this mission and goal becomes clear, doesn't it? And the path becomes clear that they get to say, hey, am I staying aligned with my design and on this path that inherently and uniquely is mine that brings some joy and harmony that you talked about earlier? And there's an ease that comes. I always talk about the surfing analogy. You know, when I moved out yeah. to California, whatever, you know, 12, 12, 15 years ago, I, you know, I tried to go surfing and I'd be out there in the water and I'd see, you know, the surfers would just sort of be on their boards looking and they'd see the wave. They knew just the right time to yeah. paddle and get up and the wave would just carry them. And meanwhile, I was paddling at the wrong time, getting bashed and battered by the waves. I was just <laughs> out of alignment, out of flow, right? And so in life, it's the same analogy where once you figure out that wave is and how to get on it, it flows. And so life yeah. starts to really flow. And so the struggle and the fight goes away. And I know this internally because I myself went through the struggle, flow, bashing, fighting the waves. And now on the wave of life, I really feel like it's just carrying me. Like things get delivered to me and they show up for me in a very natural way. And, you know, you read books saying, you know, the universe is aligned and how, and I'm like, I don't know if I believe all that, but now it's, I'm experiencing it. Yeah. Nice well, you talked, to, yeah, you talked at the beginning, we can either be chasing the success piece or we can uncover the, the soul aspect of who we are. And you said, when we are aligned with our inner calling, that's when things begin to flow. Things come to us because there's an openness, isn't there? And it's that inside out. I mean, I really loved when you said it's the inside out versus the outside in. And you know, today, the day we're meeting, you know, how does it all line up, right? So today is the day of our recording happens to be the birthday of Swami Vivekananda. So Vivekananda was a, a saint or a, or a teacher, a yoga teacher, you could say, from the 1800s. And in 1893, he came to the US and he first spoke about yoga and the whole system of the Vedic tradition of ancient India. The first time it ever revealed was in 1893 in the West. And today is his birthday. Mm. And what he explained was, it is all about going inwards. And as you go in, you start to automatically discover what's outside. That's right. And so the ancient seers of India went inwards to understand the nature of the universe. Western scientists go outwards to understand the nature of the universe. They both lead to the same conclusion eventually. Yeah, I really like that. You know, we're, we're talking about if we can then begin with a sense of who we are and you're trusting that people have the potential to tap into this, these dimensions of themselves that they never understood were even there sometimes, I would imagine, or if they know that something's there, they don't know how to get there. You create and help lay out that path so that they can discover that blueprint. I like to talk about the types of coaching that you do. I love our listeners to understand you do a couple of different kinds, the executive and, and leadership coaching. You also do the small business. Give us a sense of some of the folks that come to see you and the types of issues that they're experiencing that bring them in to seek this journey with you. Yeah, so it's, so it's interesting because it just depends where people are at, right? So I have some very advanced yogis that are my clients that I help them on their spiritual path and helping them understand, okay, what are the right rituals, more esoteric shamanistic type rituals to help progress on their journey of enlightenment, for instance. But then I've got the other extreme, which are just like, 
you know, my business, I'm not hitting the margin structure I want to hit, or, you know, we have this new project and we want to triple the revenue of the business. How do I get there? And either way, it ends up becoming the human being. Yeah. At the end of the day, behind every business are human beings, human resources, as we call them, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody comes to me, and I remember this, this very clearly, this client came to me who was a, a senior director of sales for a medical devices company. And he said, look, I'm, I'm not getting the revenue to where I need it to go. And so we started looking at the PL, we're looking at spreadsheets, we're deep into Excel, we're looking at margin structure, we're looking at growth rates, we're looking at conversion rates with customers, we're deep in the business stuff. <laughs> And then we start to realize that there's a couple of team members that aren't performing. So now we're starting to look at team dynamics, communication, interaction amongst the team. And then it starts to come up that there's some patterns in his own behavior that's limiting those team members' potential for success. And now we're noticing that pattern is showing up at home and showing up at work. Mm. And so now we're getting into a little bit of the psychology stuff. And then around the seventh coaching session, he said, Vish, this has been a great experience, but when are you going to do that planet stuff with me? (laughs) I thought, what planet stuff? I told him, I said, what what do you mean? He says, well, the guy who referred me said, you did this whole thing and looking at his planets and tell, and I've been waiting for that. And, you know, it's been great. Like the the revenue of the business is improving on my team, but I want to know that planet stuff. So I said, oh, okay. And so then we got into the more esoteric side of understanding his psychology from that framework. And I happened to see some very difficult time coming in for him about six, eight months from that session. So I told him that, you know, hey, I have to ask you this question. What do you do for fun in life? And he couldn't answer the question. Mm. He says, all I do is I work. I work, I build a business, I get home. I try to spend time with the kids. I don't usually have time with them. I barely talk to my wife. And I could see that things were headed for a very difficult position for him. Mm. So my coaching question to him was, let's come up with five things that you can do on a weekly basis that bring you joy and happiness. Let's write them out. And so he thought through, he thought through, he finally wrote down these these things. And I said, okay, your homework is to practice these five things on a weekly basis. And and there were, you know, there weren't yogic things. One of them was smoking cigars with his buddies and playing poker on Thursday nights. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's what brings you joy. Go ahead and do it. I'm not here to tell you to stand on your head every Thursday night. Like, If you want to drink whiskey, smoke cigars and play poker and that brings you joy, that is where you are. Go for it. Yeah. So he did. And sure enough, as the timing predicted, he went through his wife serving him divorce papers and losing his job all within the same month. And after all the hell happened in his life, he came back and he said, you know, Vish, if I wasn't doing those things that we came up with, I probably would have killed myself. Yeah. But that's what kept me going. So those really helped insulate him and gave him some something to have as a as a buffer and also kind of a a way to have some resilience during a time that was very, very stressful. I know you also talk about resilience and you're talking in, in, in leadership positions how there's always a softer side, the human interaction side that that folks need to focus on and recognize what they're doing or contributing to this. But there's also this side where we can develop resilience within ourselves for those tougher times. That's part of the coaching as well. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we, we are in a, a mental health crisis at the moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's pervading our entire society from, from young to old. And a lot of it is, you know, what is the meaning of all this? Like, why am I here? What am I here to do? So helping somebody understand that and understanding from a karmic point of view, and this is where the the philosophy of the Vedic system becomes very interesting because there's a belief in that system that 
you have a purpose. Every single human being has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I your agree. lifetime is an opportunity to honor that purpose in whatever little way you can. And as soon as you start honoring it, you start to feel better automatically. I, I can't think of anything that's a higher calling than to discover that and to fulfill that and to trust that as you're doing that, there's such an experience in life that is so fulfilling and so rewarding. And, you know, money comes when you do those things and, and accolades occur. That's, that's nice. But we're in a mental health crisis because we're not connected with our true selves and we're not connected with our true self in, in relationship with other people. And when we don't connect in those ways, we have very siloed ways of being in the world. We have very disconnected ways of being in the world and we experience mental health illness. It just happens. So I love this idea in terms of, you know, working with executives or, you know, leaders, helping them understand themselves and how they come into a relationship with other people and the impact that they have. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does kind of trickle into, well, how am I in my family or my other relationships outside of work? I know you also do business and startup coaching as well. That's got to be a fun dimension of your work. And people are pretty excited at that point, probably pretty scared as well. Tell us a little bit about the business and startup side. Yeah. So what's interesting is when you're an executive in a large company, you sort of have the company mission that you serve towards to to help the company grow. And then you sort of have your personal mission and they, you know, they don't often coincide. But when you're talking about a small business or a startup, the personal mission and the business start to really interact in a very deep way. Mm -hmm. Your own personal life choices impact your business directly, Mm -hmm. right? So an executive in a large corporation can almost be misaligned to the company and still be very successful as a leader in the company. But as a small business owner, especially as a startup, your personal mission and the startup mission end up coinciding. And so the work is interesting because you really, I think a startup entrepreneur is very clear about understanding what is their calling and they know that that's important for their business to be successful. So we can really kind of have an open, honest discussion about what are you really here to do? And then how does that show up in your business? And like you said, it's very interesting. You said money comes and, and, what happens is the moment you align and your business aligned with you, that's right. You do get rewarded in a way monetarily. It seems Absolutely. to follow. And, that, and, and I've heard that statement over and over with people who've been very successful, that that's what happens. And I've also noticed people where they're not generating good income. As soon as I help them align, the income comes. It's, it's Absolutely. remarkable. It's, it's interesting because sometimes when, we, when we're panicking and we're struggling, we oftentimes look on the outside to see what we can fix or alter or change. And, and that's just like someone who's drowning, thrashing even more versus just stopping, taking a breath. And when you take a breath, you naturally just float. You're not going to drown. As, you know, you're not going to drown the same way, but when you thrash, you go down, when you stop and take a breath, you begin to float funny enough. And in those moments of panicking, it, it does nothing. And you're looking again on the outside, but if you can just take that breath, if you can just relax and come from the inside, things begin to make themselves clear and then we kind of stabilize and then we can decide where we're going to be going. So I, I would imagine this, the business and the startup piece have to be a lot of fun to join folks with some good energy and helping them to, to, you know, decide what's most, again, what's their inner, what's their inner calling align with that. I I mean, I think it's such a wise insight, this idea of just breathing. I mean, we are programmed to thrash. That's our, most of us, our childhood upbringing, our entire existence, our entire world around us, the, yeah. the news side, the media cycle, everything is all thrashing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're programmed to thrash. And I find that when I work with somebody who is thrashing, as soon as I can reduce the thrashing yeah. and they learn to breathe, yeah. miraculous things happen because these are very talented, qualified people. 
Right. You know what I find in that as well is that we thrash because we're afraid. We're kind of in that fight or flight mode and there's cortisol firing and we're trying to figure out what to do. And the the last thing we feel like we need to do in a fight or flight mode is just to stop. It's almost like, you know, don't do something, sit there. And that's the opposite. You know, don't just sit there, do something. But we're, what you're talking about, what I really agree with is don't just do something, sit there. And watch how that stabilizes everything and how that begins to build a what we sometimes refer to in the field as kind of affective tolerance. Like it's, it's like emotional muscle. When you can sit there and tolerate those, those uncomfortable times, people don't want to experience uncomfortable times. Sit there in the, in, in the discomfort and watch how you can get through it to the other side. And then watch what becomes clearer and clearer to you as a path through it. That's what you're advocating here. Ram, you're literally describing what, what's coming to my mind is, is the ultimate karmic test, right? So everything we get thrown at in life is a test to see if we can sit through it. Right. That's the test. Yeah. And so whatever challenge comes your way, when you have the ability to just sit through it, you've passed that test and that challenge won't happen again. That's right. The moment you thrash, you'll get that test over and over again. That's right. So if you can think, you know, for all your listeners, like as an exercise, think about the challenges that you face in life that you thrash against. Mm-hmm. And notice how those challenges keep repeating. They show up in different disguises, but it's the same pattern. Mm-hmm. And if you can test yourself, test, okay, I'm, I know this challenge, I know this pattern, I know you can almost predict the next pattern. Yeah. When it happens next time, I'm going to sit through it and see what happens. Right. I believe that challenge will come back to you once you sit through it. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. What's going to be cool then is going to be the next challenge. And what I love that you're probably doing, and I know we're kind of winding down here in our time today, but Oftentimes, folks don't have named for them, this is just a challenge, and here's how we go through it, and I'm going to join you in this, and I can maybe instruct or come alongside. can't do it for you, and I don't want to do it for you because I'll be robbing you of, of, of an opportunity to grow, but I can sit alongside you. I can maybe give you some tips or suggestions how to align in those times of, of a panic or thrashing. Then you can grow through this, and so when we name it that way, we shift in our attitude from this is a place where I feel like I don't have any control and I'm afraid, which fires all that fight or flight stuff, to this is the challenge from which I get to grow. I'm either learning or I'm growing. I'm not losing. I'm either learning or I'm growing. And if I feel like I'm thrashing, I just need to stop. So yeah, I, 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 I love this, Vish. I really do. Right. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to have you back and go deeper into these things because there's some, there's some really wonderful opportunities for folks, whether it's in you know business, whatever they're going to be doing, life, marriages, relationship, whatever, maybe it all starts here. And I, I think psychologically coming from what you're doing with a holistic piece, I think it, it all just has these opportunities to just really meet and blend. Unfortunately, we've got to come to a close, but hey, I want to I want to do one more thing with you. I want to plug your book, The Business Casual Yogi, A Guide to Achieving Work and Life Balance Through the Wisdom of Yoga. And give us just a brief description of this book. I know it's an Amazon purchase. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the the thing that I noticed is there's a yoga world of, of you know spiritual practitioners who are going deeper into their spiritual evolution. And there's the business world and the working world who doesn't really have time for all this. And they're just trying to you know make a living and, and, and do well in their work. And so I wanted to bridge that divide. I wanted to bring the, the esoteric, powerful, transformative processes and techniques of yoga, but bring them in an accessible way for the everyday working person. Mm-hmm. So how do you incorporate some of these powerful rituals, approaches, body, mind, nutrition, health into your regular daily life? 
So the business casual yogi is sort of taking the knowledge from the Himalayas mountains. So the the the, the person that I consulted in the book, Yogi Rishi Vishwaketu, he's a master Himalayan yogi that you would have to right. go to the Himalayas to meet. And I'm taking his knowledge and then bringing it to the everyday person working in a cubicle in an office in, in the Western world. And so it is a very powerful book and it teaches you about yoga, your physical yoga practice, the philosophy of yoga, the Ayurveda mind-body medicine system, and helps you understand the philosophy of the whole system and also teaches you about meditation, how to use meditation as a way to be a more grounded and successful leader and raise your spiritual quotient at the end of the day. What a great resource. Thanks for creating that. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Hey, let's let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, learn more about you. What's the best way for them to both learn and connect with you? So thank you for this opportunity, Graham, to share that. My website is headandheartinsights.com. And that is my practice, Vedic astrology practice, karmic counseling, all of that. And then you can obviously look up Business Casual Yogi, or you can Google my name. I'm on Instagram as the Business Casual Yogi. I'm on LinkedIn under my name, Vish Chatterjee. I've got a Facebook Business Casual Yogi. So lots of different ways to find me out there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Vish, it's been great to be with you today. I look forward to having you back at some point, going a little bit deeper together. And thanks for being with us and joining us. Sounds great. This is a fantastic conversation, Graham. I really appreciated the time with you and the opportunity to share my knowledge in this show. Thank you. Well, I sure appreciate it as well. I want to thank you, our listeners, too, for joining Vish and me today. And it's always great to have you with us as well. I want to remind you that this episode and its resources and all of our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash bht. So check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash bht, and explore our archive of podcasts and other resource materials. Thanks again for being with us on the show, and we look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.